Well, it's good to see you all back tonight. Take your Bibles tonight. We're going to be in Acts chapter 15. In 2020, we are believing to see what God has for us. Amen. Amen. Our theme comes from Psalm 2713, which reads, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And I want to see the goodness of the Lord this year. Not that we haven't seen it in past years, we have. But I want to see something a little bit different this year. I want to see what God has for us in a different way. And I hope that's your heart as well. But if we're going to see the goodness of the Lord, we have to first believe it. We have to believe to see. We need to see through the eye of faith what is not yet visible. And as we talked about last week, can you see it? Can you see it? So join me in Acts chapter 15 as our starting place tonight. But before I begin reading from the latter part of that chapter, I want to bore you to death with Paul's first missionary journey. We're going to walk through part of his second missionary journey tonight. But just real quick to give you a background of what what leads up to where we're going to be tonight. It's really mostly immaterial to you, but I studied it and typed it up. And so now I have to take time to read it to you and share it with you. So enjoy it. And you could do this on your own if you just read Acts 13 through 15. But I'm going to give you the uh, short version here. And we're at the place where Paul and Barnabas have completed what we call Paul's first missionary journey. We don't know who all accompanied him at that time, but we do know that John Mark was with them for a bit before he left from their company and returned back to Jerusalem. And it appears... It was only these three men who went on that first missionary journey. There, there may have been others. These men had been sent out from the church in Antioch on the first missionary journey. You may see some of these towns up there to kind of help you see where they went. But they were sent out of the church in Antioch on the first missionary journey. And so Antioch's right there where they would have been sent out of. They were sent out of Antioch. They, they departed for Seleucia. And then to Cyprus, they traveled to Salamis, Salamis. if I mispronounce these, please forgive me. They went through the Isle of Paphros. From there, they came to Perga into Pamphylia. This is where John Mark departed them, just to give you some context. From Perga, they traveled to Antioch in Pisidia. They preached in the synagogue there as they did throughout the towns along the way. But they were the ones there in that city that spoke out against Paul by contradicting and blaspheming. So Paul and Barnabas said, It was necessary that the word of God be preached unto you, be spoken to you. But seeing ye have put it from you, and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. Many Gentiles did believe there, and the word of the Lord was published throughout all that region. But the Jews stirred up the the people. They raised persecution against Paul and Barnabas. And they expelled them out of their coast. So they shook the dust off their their clothes. The Bible says their coats. They shook the dust off and they traveled to Iconium. And though many were saved, both Jew and Gentile sought to stone them there. So they left for Lystra and Derbe. 
They were in Lystra where, where the people thought they were gods. Remember that? They thought that they were Jupiter and, and Merc, Mercurius. And they preached that they should turn to the living God. And also there certain Jews stirred up the people there and to stone Paul. And they stoned Paul and they drug him out of the city for death. But God raised Paul back up and they departed to Derby. Then they returned again to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith. Then they went back through Perga, and they went down to Ataliah, and from there they sailed back to Antioch, from where they had been sent out. And that brings us here to chapter 15. And we would find, we're not going to read this part of chapter 15, but we would find at the opening of chapter 15 that certain Jews from Judea were teaching that in order to be saved, you had to be circumcised. This is what we read about in the epistle to the Galatians. Well, as you can imagine, somebody teaching that in the ground where they had just evangelized, it caused a stir among Paul and Barnabas, and they headed for Jerusalem to talk it over with the apostles there at the church in Jerusalem. They wanted to speak to the elders. And long story short, they got that issue worked out in this chapter. And Paul and Silas... Um, excuse me, they, they got that worked out. So Paul and Barnabas and some others, they then head back to Antioch. And, and, and on their way back to Antioch, there's a man named Judas and, and a man named Silas who come along with them to explain what had happened there in Jerusalem. And when they get back to Antioch, there's some downtime. Amen. It's always good to have a little bit of downtime after that missionary journey. And Silas... Judas, Judas decides to go back to Jerusalem. And again, it's not Judas Iscariot, but he decides to go back to Jerusalem. And Silas decides to stay there in Antioch. These men now are about to head out on another missionary journey. If you'll look in chapter 15, beginning in verse 36. Is everybody with me? And some days after... Paul said unto Barnabas, let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they do. And Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose surname was Mark. That's why we call him John Mark. You may hear that quite a bit. But Paul thought not good to take him with them who departed from them from Pamphylia and went not with them to the work. And the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder one from the other. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed unto Cyprus. And Paul chose Silas and departed, being recommended by the brethren under the grace of God. And he went through Syria and Cilicia confirming the churches. So here's these men. They're, they're heading out on another missionary journey. But we see there's a sharp contention between the two of them. There's a argument that takes place between Paul and Barnabas because Barnabas wants to take along John Mark with him and Paul doesn't want to take him along probably figuring he's going to quit along the way and I'm sure both men had good reasons for their arguments I've heard Pastor Williams say that both men were right don't you miss Pastor Williams and his way of <laughs> explaining it and I'm sure they had both had good reasons for where they stood. But Paul and Barnabas depart company nonetheless. And, and by the way, they, they had problems in the early church too. Amen. There was contentions. There were issues. 
And they part company, and Barnabas and John Mark, they go over to Cyprus. And Paul took Silas, and they went through Syria and Cilicia to confirm the churches. And I just want to say right there, as we go through Paul's second missionary journey, that I don't want any to depart our company over the decision of going to two services on Sunday morning. There may be good reasons for it, and there may be good reasons against it. But let's stay unified in the process. Things had been going so well on their first missionary journey. Many were being saved. Churches were being established. Churches were being strengthened. But these two men let one man, who apparently was weaker in the faith, destroy their laboring together. And I don't want to allow anything that's going to weaken our laboring together. If one is weaker and one is stronger, then we need to do our best to keep our unity through that. And by the way, that's actually how you yoke up oxen. You have one that is strong and knows what they're doing, and you have one that's new that needs to learn. And you want to yoke them up with somebody who knows what they're doing so that they may learn. And let's just keep that in mind as we grow as a church. And so we don't want to lose momentum in the process. I believe personally things have been going very well for us. Though there are a couple of areas that I would consider still to be in transition, mainly behind the scenes, unseen to most of you. Our transition of the pastorate has gone very well. And we are very blessed to have that testimony because I have heard the horror stories that are out there. But things are going well. Our ministries have been strengthened as we prayed in 2018. We certainly lacked nothing in 2019. And now I'm asking you to believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living in 2020. But all it would take to derail our vision is for some disgruntled people to rise up and cause some kind of sharp contention. And all of this progress in God's work can get hindered really fast. And I don't say that because I know of some issue that's going on or something that's developing, that, uh, that's brewing perhaps, but it's good to have these reminders as we go forward that we need to be unified along the way. Now, back to what we call Paul's second missionary journey. Paul and Silas, they start in Antioch. And then they go to Derbe. And from Derbe, they go to Lystra. And there, they pick up a disciple named Timotheus. And now, look at chapter 16. And let's read verses 6 through 12. Now when they had gone throughout Phrygia and the region of Galatia and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia, after they were come to Mysia, they essayed to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. And they passing by Mysia came down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. And there stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. 
therefore loosing from Troas, we came with a straight course to Samothracia, and the next day to Neapolis, and from thence to Philippi, which is the chief city of that part of Macedonia, and a colony. And we were in that city abiding certain days. So we see that they go throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia. They're in that region there. But we see that they're forbidden to preach the word in Asia. Asia in the Bible is not the Asia we think of today. It would be uh, Western Turkey, of our modern map. And he was going to go into Asia, but the Holy Ghost says no. Now, doesn't that sound strange that the Holy Ghost would say, don't go and preach? Sounds strange to me. Don't go there and preach. But that's what the Holy Ghost said. The Bible says we're supposed to preach the gospel to every creature. But God, He holds them back. And I want to tell you, God has a purpose in everything He does. And we can surmise that this particular region that was then known as Asia was not ready to receive the gospel at that time. But on Paul's third missionary journey, he would be permitted to go and preach the gospel in Asia, and he would end up spending two years there preaching the gospel. And there would be some amazing results, all in God's timing. We've got to trust God's timing. Being forbidden to preach in Asia, they go to Mysia. And I hope I'm saying that right, I don't know. And from there we see the Apostle Paul essayed to go into Bithynia, which borders the Black Sea up there at the top center of the screen. But God said, no, you can't go into Bithynia. Paul is wanting to go northward and eastward. But God had different plans. And the Holy Ghost tells them, no, you can't go to Bithynia. So they head to Troas. That was a coastal town in Mysia. Just a quick side note. Many believe that this is where Luke would have hooked up with Paul at this point. Because as you read through the book of Acts, we read the pronoun he and they, and all of a sudden it changes to we in verse 11. And so people think this is when Luke came on board on this particular missionary journey. I don't know. It's said if you follow the usage of the word we throughout the book of Acts, you can see where Luke departed company and regained their company and so forth. And I've never studied that out. People who are smarter than me can probably answer that for you. Mike Chavez, don't ask me. So, while here in Troas, <laughs> sorry brother, while here in Troas, a vision appears to Paul of a man standing in Macedonia. And he prayed him saying, come over into Macedonia and help us. And there's Macedonia. Now remember, Paul had endeavored to head north and eastward. But after the vision to go westward into Macedonia, they immediately changed their plans, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called them to preach the gospel there. Previously, in Paul's mind, it made sense to go and preach in Asia. 
But God said no. Then in Paul's mind, it made sense to go and preach in Bithynia. But God said no. But now Paul has the vision to go into Macedonia and without delay, they make their plans to go as God had directed them. And Paul had to trust that God's plan was far better than his plan. You with me tonight? God's plans are always better than ours. And what we tend to do is make up a plan and then say, God, it's now time for you to bless my plan. But God's plan is always far better. And so Paul, if I can put it this way, he's going to have to believe to see the goodness of the Lord in Macedonia. Because his whole, his whole travel itinerary has changed. And I don't know if he had to get new visas and whatever. But now everything's changed and he has to obey. I've been using our theme, Believe to See, as a springboard as we continue our move toward implementing two Sunday morning services. But I want you to know that's not what I envisioned coming into 2020. That was not my intent. That was not upon my heart for this year. As I mentioned last year, I was heading into 2020 planning on going to two services in the spring of 2021. But God has changed my plans, which I had made in the logic of my mind. And I sense He was saying to me as we entered this new year, do you trust me or not? Why are you waiting? And I don't want to be guilty of not obeying what I believe the Lord to be saying. And if that means the Lord changing our plans from Bithynia to Macedonia, then so be it. I just want to be responsive to God's leading. I could also use this application at this point to say, I don't know where God wants our long-term next facility to be I have said that I sense God saying the north side of town just stay put we have the property south of town but what may seem logical to our minds may not be what God has for us and we just need to be obedient to the Holy Ghost amen and if God wants to say hey I don't want you going into Bithynia we have to say okay Lord now I do have a purpose in all this tonight I want to take note of what happened after Paul obeyed the direction of the Holy Ghost and he went into Macedonia. He wanted to go preach in Asia. God said no. He wanted to go preach in Bithynia. God said no. What happened when he went into Macedonia? In verse 11, they arrived in Philippi. And you probably can't see all of those towns, but just to give you a quick little zap... There's Philippi pointing to that dot. Neapolis, Amphilia, Ampolia, Thessalonica, Berea over here. They are now going into Macedonia. They arrive in Philippi, which we read is the chief city of that part of Macedonia. And it was there that Paul met a woman named Lydia. She was saved and baptized and another church was started. We have an epistle written to the church at Philippi. There was also a woman there possessed with a a demon, which Paul commanded to depart out of her in the name of Christ, and the demon departed. It was there that they were beaten with many stripes, and they were cast into prison. And it was there in Philippi 
that at midnight while in jail, Paul and Silas began to sing praises unto God that filled the jail. The Bible says there was a great earthquake that shook the foundations of the jail and the doors were open, their bands were loosed. And it was there at the jail as men are standing there, they could have run away and the jailer is is beside himself and he's got his sword out and he's ready to fall on it and kill himself uh, thinking that they've all escaped. And Paul there says, no, 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 they're all accounted for. Don't kill yourself. And the man comes out and he says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And he was saved in his whole house. They were baptized. And this man who was saved, he brings them into his house and He washes their stripes. He has a meal with them and they're rejoicing because he and his house had believed in God. After they left Philippi, they passed through Amphipolis Amphipolis, and Apollonia. They came to Thessalonica where more people were saved and another church was started. It was there in Thessalonica where the unbelieving Jews moved with envy and took unto them certain lewd fellows of the baser sort. And they gathered a company together and they set the city in an uproar. They assaulted the house of Jason. They were the ones who said they have turned the world upside down. After that, Paul and Silas went to Berea and there in Berea, They were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and they searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. Many were saved there in Berea. But the unbelieving Jews of Thessalonica learned Paul was preaching in Berea. So they went down there and they stirred up the people there as well. So Paul, he goes down to Athens. Silas and Timothy, they come along afterwards. But while waiting for them in Athens, Paul's spirit was stirred in him when he saw the city that was wholly given over to idolatry. So Paul started preaching and preached a sermon in the midst of Mars Hill about the unknown God. And he explained that the unknown God that they ignorantly worshipped was the true and living God. And he made that application. Many were saved. Then Paul left Athens and headed for Corinth. That's where Silas and Timothy caught up with Paul. Many were saved and baptized. Another church was started. And the Lord spoke to Paul in the night by a vision and said that he had many people in Corinth. And he continued preaching the word of God there for one and a half years. And it was there in Corinth where Paul met Priscilla and Aquila. From there, Paul headed back home, passing through Ephesus, hoping he would be allowed of God one day to come back to Ephesus. And God did allow that on his third missionary journey. And when he obeyed God's timing, Ephesus saw great revival. Now, Ephesus is located in Asia, where the Holy Ghost said, no, you can't go. God's timing was best. He also passed through Caesarea and then back to his home church in Antioch. 
Now, I do have a purpose in all of this in reciting to you Acts chapter 16 through 18. What if Paul had decided to follow his original plan and go north and then eastward into Bithynia? What if Paul had not been faithful to listen and obey to the Lord's calling to go into Macedonia? Well, I don't reckon we'd read much about him. I think it might have been kind of like Barnabas who falls off the pages of Scripture when he and John Mark head to Cyprus. He's never mentioned again. They experience rejections. I understand that. You say they were obedient to God and yet they were rejected. They experienced uproars. They experienced beatings. They spent time in jail. But they also saw many saved and baptized. Many were discipled along the way. And that's what it's all about. We're here tonight... Because this is all about souls. This is all about us coming in here to our rallying point in this facility. To go out into the world and tell people about Jesus Christ. So that they might be saved and baptized. And then discipled. That's what this is about. You realize tonight that the church gathering is not necessarily the place where we're to see the people saved. I'm okay with that if that happens. And I will tend to gear my Sunday morning sermons with the lost in mind. But do you understand that when we gather together, it's for the believers. We're supposed to come in here, get encouraged, and then go back out there and tell a lost and dying world about Jesus Christ so that we might reach more souls. And with those conversions and baptisms that they saw, they also saw churches started. At least three. Philippi, Thessalonica, and Corinth. We know they all ended up having a church. We have the letters in our Bible to prove that. They also experienced God's miraculous power while in the jail in Philippi. They heard the world's testimony that they had turned the world upside down in Thessalonica. They met those who were willing to search the Scriptures in Berea. Paul saw people who were wholly given over to idolatry down in Athens. He saw people turn to the living God. But there were some other perks which came out of obeying the Macedonian call. It was the church in Philippi, that chief city of Macedonia, which ended up being the financial blessing in Paul's continued missionary journeys. In Philippians chapter 4, verses 15 and 16, it says, Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only, for even in Thessalonica ye sit once and again unto my necessity. God had a purpose in going over to Macedonia. It was from Corinth that Paul hooked up with Priscilla and Aquila, who became Paul's helpers in the ministry. In Romans 16, verses 3 through 5, he writes, Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers in Christ Jesus, who have for my life laid down their necks, unto whom not only I give thanks, but also the churches of the Gentiles. Likewise, greet the church that is in their house. So, what happens if we decide to follow our own plans? Nothing. Nothing. Nothing will change. We'll stagnate. And in time, everything will just kind of fizzle out. 
and we will go off the pages of the history of Rapid City. You with me tonight? But what can we expect if we follow the Spirit's leading? Well, one thing's for sure. If God's hand's in it, then we'll see more people saved, more people baptized, and people discipled for the Lord Jesus Christ. Will there be rejections along the way? Sure. There may even be some uproars. There might even be some jail time. And metaphorically speaking, there may even be some beatings. And maybe not metaphorically speaking before too long. But that was all worth it to Paul and Barnabas and Silas and Timothy and Luke. And it was worth it to them to be beat for the Lord Jesus Christ and to suffer rejection so that one more sinner could come to Christ. Maybe churches will be strengthened through all of this. Perhaps more churches will even be started from our church. Maybe we'll experience God's miraculous power in various ways that we've never seen before. Maybe we'll hear testimony that we have turned Rapid City upside down. Maybe we'll reach those who will be willing to search the Scriptures daily to see whether those things are so. Maybe we'll see people who were once again, uh, who were once given to idolatry, turn their heart to God and serve the one living and true God. Maybe like Paul, we'll experience a financial blessing as a result. Maybe God's waiting to answer uh, some of this until we answer our Macedonian call. Maybe before He ever sends the funds that we need, He's waiting to see, are you going to follow me? Are you going to follow my call over into Macedonia? Or are you just going to stick to your plan and go into Bithynia? Maybe we'll see more faithful laborers get involved. Like Aquila and Priscilla. And, and those who will serve God through this local church to reach more souls. Those that will be content to serve in the ministry that God has called them to. And serve their life here. I don't know all that God has in store. But we'll never know if we don't move by faith. But preacher, what if you are mistaken? And this is, this is not what God said to do. At least we tried. And we can have a clear conscience before God that we did all we could do with what little resources we have. Let's believe to see the Spirit's leading and then let's follow His leading. Let's pray.